And now, everyone's favorite autodidactic iconoclast, Drew Marshall. Just yesterday morning, they let me know you were gone. Suzanne, the plans they made put an end to you. I walked out this morning and I wrote down this song. I just can't remember who to send it to. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. I've seen sunny days that I thought would never end. Seen lonely times when I could not find a friend, but I always thought that I'd see you again. Well, folks, we're back. Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to the Drew Marshall Show. We're streaming live at DrewMarshall.ca, and we're live right here in Southern Ontario on Joy 1250. Just got off the phone with Andy Bannister from RZIM Canada. I like that guy. He's a good guy. Smart guy. Good guy. Turn your mic up, Tim. I've never said that on the show. Never, ever. So that's why I'm so confused right now. <laughs> I have to switch Do you remember the days where we had no extra equipment, no video? No extra no, help. No extra help. Do you remember those days, Tim? Oh, yeah. I prefer now, though, actually. Folks, it's time for our WTF segment. You have to say W like you're George W. Uh, you want to join myself and various religion reporters from an assortment of news outlets as uh, they catch up. Uh, we catch up on the happenings of the the world of religion and faith and cults. Oh my! Today's WTF guest is Kathy Lynn Grossman. She is a senior national correspondent for Religion News Service. The website is religionnews.com. Religionnews.com. Hello, Kathy. Hey there. How you doing? I'm well. Are you in uh, Washington? Where are you? Where are you based out of yourself? I'm in Washington, D.C., as are most of our reporters, but not all. We're scattered around the country, around the world. We've got a correspondent in Rome. We've got a gal in California. We've got a guy in South Africa. We're all over. You have a correspondent in Rome? Is it? Is, yes. it, is he close to the Pope? Is it a an embedded staff? A secret, secret cardinal. Secret cardinal? <laughs> <laughs> he actually oh, well, cast the deciding vote. We had a cardinal on the payroll, but no, we have uh, Rosie Scamell. She's fabulous. Yeah. Is that uh, is that your correspondent that explains the theological uh, push behind uh, Year of Mercy? Uh, yes, she has a really good story up right now explaining the Year of Mercy. Um, it's, uh, it's the Pope reemphasizing reconciliation and forgiveness. Um, apparently, you know, if you know your Bible, there are these jubilee years where you're supposed to be forgiving and seeking forgiveness and reconciling and all that good stuff. And all that crap, so, yeah. In the year of mercy, um, they throw open the doors. Um, this is after they've given you a thorough TSA version of a security check these days. Whoa. Um, they throw open the doors and, and invite everybody to come in and uh, confess their sins and be accepted with mercy. Um, uh, have you been to Rome yourself, Kathy? I have. What's it like? Oh, it's, it's it's terrific. It's really expensive. It's really exciting. Um, you know, every time you turn a corner, there's somebody in the different garb of some different aspect of Christianity trotting past you. Um, and there's, uh, you know, the, the guards are out there in their glory. And you can go on Wednesdays to the general audience with the Pope. It's either outside 
um, or if the weather is bad. It is in the Pope Paul VI Hall, which is the grimmest thing I've ever seen since 60th brutalist architecture. Wow. Um, it, is, it, is, <laughs> it is a really cold place. But it has, and it has all these crucifixes in the background of the stage. And some of them are a little... A little gory, um, not in terms of color, but just kind of grim looking. It's not a joyful setting like you have when you're outside in the big plaza and he's riding around in the Pope Mobile. Um, do they have nativity scenes over there? Is oh, that... they do. They do a big crush lighting. Um, they get closer to Christmas. There's there big nativity scenes, and they light the crash the nativity scene. Of course, it's not a, it's not a controversial issue in Rome. No, no, <laughs> That's the way it is here. I could see them doing a movie uh, like Crash, starring Sandra Bullock. Yeah, <laughs> or selling pop. One of pop. my favorite actresses. She, she's one of like mine. Like Orange Crash. Do you? Um, what's the weirdest nativity scene you've ever seen, Kathy? Oh, the ones that I've seen. Um, I I really haven't gone on a big tour of weird ones. Uh, but, you know, I lived in Miami where you could find weird weird religious stuff on any corner right. for many years. You know, you had, um, I used to live in a house uh, about a block from a shrine to Santa Barbara that was, I'm sure, a Santa Rhea shrine. And we never wanted to know what was in those big piles of garbage on Monday mornings. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you ever seen a uh, zombie nativity scene? I haven't seen it except the photo that we have of one in our paper, in our on our website. Yes, Kimberly Winston, one of my favorite. I mean, I love all of our staff, but Kimberly, is, I love extra. She's just this terrific go-getter who covers all of our pop culture stuff. And she has done the zombie nativity story. Uh, apparently, there's somebody who just thinks that, you know, the living dead, are, are that's a very spiritual concept. So why not have a nativity scene with little, little plastic zombies? It is. A, how do you... I'm just trying to figure out how you uh, apply or correlate the living dead or the undead with Jesus. Well, maybe they come undead. alive as as he's born, risen again, yes. kind of thing, born again. Yeah. I, you know, blood. It is not. I don't really quite grasp the theological concept here. No. The kings come bearing um, think, knives to I cut the zombies' so, heads off. There is there is a a certain theological strain of Christmas time, which is known as cash on the barrel head theology, um, where somebody has figured out that they can sell something. And so they're selling it at Christmas. What about, have you ever seen one that involves snakes? Well, that's the fun thing. That's snakes been going on at the Michigan State Capitol. They have um, a group of Satanists, who's not Santaists, but Satanists, have created a snake snakeativity. Because the Michigan State Capitol is just this hotbed of people trying to shove each other aside and elbow each other in the nose over whose nativity scene is the most, I think, sacrilegious. Yeah. I mean, there's always a religious, religious one, and then there's um, atheists are trying to put one up, and you know, every every subgroup is trying to put something up for their religious holiday. It's sort of like, well, if you can, we can. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking about like, why do do you think the the Jews get get as consumeristic as the Christians do around Christmas? Do you think that happens around Hanukkah? <sighs> yes. It does. Um, I think Americans are consumeristic. I think it's not, while it's spread a little bit to Israel, um, in Israel most people do not recognize, you know, most Israelis, at least when I've been there, did not treat Hanukkah as, you know, the gift festival. But by the time I grew up, um, you know, in this country, um, Hanukkah, Christmas, um, Diwali, you know, Diwali, every, the Hindu holiday of Diwali, everybody just showers each other with sweets. 
Um, I had a, a roommate who was Indian, and the amount of candy that piled into her lap was astounding. Um, but, you know, there are families that do eight nights of presents. Um, it is, the, the irony for Hanukkah, however, is that Hanukkah, the actual religious meaning of this minor holiday is that, um, well, the meaning of most Jewish holidays is Jews saved from disaster dash again. Um, so you can sum up almost any Jewish holiday that way. Isn't that what Hanukkah um, actually means when you just, translate That it? just means meeting with the in-laws. It's the same thing. <laughs> well, that's true for Christians, too. Yeah. Um, but the, um, but so the Hanukkah holiday, here you have the, uh, the, Mag- the fierce Maccabees overthrowing the pagan overlords who've defiled the temple and reasserting their Jewishness. And lighting, and God rewards them with the miracle of letting the little tiny bit of holy oil last for eight nights. So theologically, it's a holiday of rededication to Judaism and fighting off assimilation. So it's very ironic to celebrate it as this giant fest of assimilation. <laughs> sort of like, excuse me, <laughs> did you miss the point here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, folks, we're on the uh, phone with Kathy Lynn Grossman from uh, Religion News. She is the uh, Religion reporter for the seniors. Did I read that right? <laughs> yes, yes. And also the juniors and the millennials, okay. the dogs and cats, and pretty much anybody who wants to read it. Senior national correspondent for Religion News Service. The website is religionnews.com. Let's go out talking about, um, well, some of the stuff in the, in the Muslim world. Of course, that is uh, top on the minds of many people these days. Uh, but uh, here's a phrase. I, the last time I heard uh, something like this, it was Flip Wilson saying, the devil made me do it. But let's talk about She Made Me Do It and how that ties in with acts of terrorism. Well, here's the thing. Um, the, the guy, Sarid Rizwan Farouk, was seen to be this very devout Muslim bachelor guy. Now, when you, say, when you say the guy, fill in, what's the context here? Who's this guy we're talking about? Okay. There's, there was a guy who worked for the health department in San Bernardino, and his name was Saeed Rizwan um, Farouk. And Farouk had a college degree, he had a job that paid like $77,000 a year, he was liked by his colleagues, but everybody acknowledged, both at work and at the various mosques where he prayed, that he was very devout. He also had really wanted to marry. So about two years ago, he trots off to claim a, a bride that he's met online, I guess, uh, from Pakistan, and that would be Tashreen Malik. And Tashreen Malik has kind of lived was born in Pakistan, kind of rotated in and out of Saudi Arabia, we don't know how many times. So they get married in 2014, and they have a little baby, and then apparently, according to police, um, the other day, they take the baby off to the mother, mother-in-law, that babysit, and say, oh, we have a doctor appointment, and then they gear up in SWAT gear, and they assault gear, and they load up a rented SUV, and they go back to his workplace, and they slaughter people. Now, what has been found since then, they've since been killed by police in a shootout as they tried to flee a few hours later. Mm-hmm. Um, their house was filled up with weaponry and so forth. And what is coming out now through the FBI is that um, she appears to have been the radicalizing one, that he may have had some recent contact with two subgroups in ISIS, ISIL, Daesh, whatever you want to call the group, Islamic State is the easiest for me to remember, um, but he may have had some tangential conduct, and they're cheering that he's done this at ISIS, but, or Islamic State, but they're not claiming that he was part of them. But she, I mean, seriously, 
do you know whether you could take any average girl in her 20s um, and suddenly show her how to kill people with an assault weapon and build pipe bombs? Um, it seems to me that, you know, this gal must have been training somewhere. And isn't it interesting that, you know, when this guy starts trolling the Muslim websites for a bride, up comes a young lady who could really use a tourist visa to the U.S. Hmm. So do you think we have some kind of blind sexism going on here with, with the way we're looking in at this situation? Well, remember, before we knew more about her, um, everybody thought, oh, well, you know, they're all looking at him. Yeah. Now, it's a lot, of course, it's a lot easier to look at him. He had a track record in the public eye. He had a driver's license that you could get a photograph of. Right. Whereas she was so devout that she never even let most of her male in-laws be in the same room with her. Um, and so... Pretty much nobody ever saw her after her wedding. She never drove. Um, wow. Keep in mind, they don't let you women drive in Saudi Arabia. I don't know how much she drove in Pakistan. So, you know, here you have this incredibly sheltered woman, who supposedly sheltered woman, who suddenly is a full-bore terrorist, um, you know, equipped to kill. Yeah. So you, think, you have to think that she must have been to a training camp. And I wonder, you know... Otherwise, if she, how could she possibly have learned it in the U.S.? If somebody would have seen him or her taking weapons training, learning how to shoot these guns somewhere. Well, listen, folks, uh, we're all out of time with Kathy Lynn Grossman, Senior National Correspondent for Religion News Service. Uh, but for all of these uh, stories and the conversations we've just had with her, you want to go to religionnews.com, religionnews.com. They really are uh, quite, well, quite possibly the source for, uh, for all things uh, having to do with religion and faith and cults. Oh, my. And, uh, Kathy, I want to wish you a happy Hanukkah. I hope everything goes <laughs> Quite well, well, I just wish everybody Happy New Year in, in December, because you can't lose with Happy New Year. No, well done. Nice and safe. Nice and safe. <laughs> okay, take care. Bye, Kathy. See you again soon. Bye. Yeah, bye-bye. All right, folks, a very short break, and when we come back, it's the pub crawl on the Drew Marshall Show. In the studio with Linda Stewart, she's the founder of Toronto Death Cafe. And our topic today, why does Christmas drive some people into depression, and is it possible to choose your way out of it? What are some tricks to help maybe keep the darkness away? Oh, zombies! Zombie Christmas. Yeah. I was—I always try to figure out where your brain goes when you pick songs. Yeah, there we go. Thriller Christmas. Can you do that again, Tim? No, <laughs> it's Tim. too much with the sweat. <laughs> Tim's doing the uh, the move, the dance move, the zombie dance move in the Michael Jackson video. Stay with us. Be alive.